I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry shampoo, Antilly cake and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name is Mason Stewart and I'll be your host for our Premier League show. Obviously, no fixtures uh, to talk about, so we, we're staying with transfers and, there, as always, a lot to talk about in the Premier League. And uh, we've got a full house tonight, so starting with Jamie. How are you, Jamie? I'm absolutely fine, Mason. Thanks very much for having me back on. Nice to have you, mate. Nice to have you. We've also got Johnny. How's things, Johnny? I'm great. It's nice to be back. Lovely. And lastly, none is least, Colin. How are you, Colin? I'm good, Mason. Evening, gents. Evening, listeners. Uh, good to be back on, talking all things mental EPL. It is. Do you know what? I was thinking today, we're going to have to do a Saudi Premier, uh, Saudi <laughs> Just because there's uh, <laughs> so much to talk about there as well. But At least a list of all the names that I've actually just went. <laughs> I argued um, with Bill slightly in one of the live streams, um, but was very anti- all things that come for Saudi money, and I've said, don't shoot it down because I'm reaching out to Saudi clubs, ask them for a hundred million, and the pod will do coverage of anything they want. So, um, you're you're laughing there, so let's not shoot down the Saudi Saudi league right now. No, 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 it's the best thing that ever happened. Um, <laughs> but let's get right into it, gents. Jamie, I'll start with you. I know last time, last time we done the pod, you was you know this was spoke about heavily, but the deal's been completed. Declan Rice to Arsenal. 105 million. It's a British uh, record uh, between two two British clubs. And uh, yeah, what's your thoughts on on this one finally getting over the line? Thank God it's finally done. We can stop talking about it because it was just like the inevitable, wasn't it? Um, I, I don't even get how Man City even threw the hat in the ring just for like one day and then decided that they weren't going to do it. It just it was a bit of a weird one, wasn't it? But um, yeah. I think it was very start, It was very from the off that he wanted to stay in London. And I think it was always Arsenal that were looking to spend that kind of money for him. They're the ones that they made him a, their, their number one target. And I think it was always going to be the case. Um, 
Kind of glad it's gone. It's done. You know, it probably has skewed the market a little bit because 105 million for Declan Rice, and you know, I can be very controversial with that, and I would say that he improves Arsenal, but does he win them the league? I would argue not, but I know other people probably have another um, stance on that. But yeah, kind of glad it's done and dusted. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how the merry-go-round of all the transfers happen now because everybody knows West Ham have got money to spend. West Ham are obviously desperate to bring people in. Man, you are going to try and offload all the shit onto West Ham as they normally try and do. Um, so, yeah, it was it was inevitable. It was always going to be done. Um, however, the signing video that AS that Arsenal Fan TV released was very, very iffy. The race, race, baby. Um, and if you've not had a chance to watch that, I recommend you do not watch that because it was absolutely horrendous. Um, but yeah, he's, he's there now, so uh, we will see. We'll see what happens. Johnny, I agree there with Jamie. Thank God it's over. I've obviously, as I said many times, living down here in a West Ham heavy area, um, people are nearly in tears about it. To be honest with you, I just think it's, it's bonkers. I think he's a good player. I've, I've always said this. I think he's a good player, but I think he's heavily overrated, and I think that. 105 million, 105 million on a player that will struggle to get 10 goals uh, for your next season. Um, do you think that's a little bit harsh and where do you see him sort of fitting in in that Arsenal team? Uh, I think it's a good sign. Um, I think it's a huge loss for West Ham. Astronomical loss for them and it's not one they can replace. Um, the powerful player, good with the ball at his feet, excellent with control. I think he fits in that team. Uh, breaks the play up. 105. We we sat here not long ago and we all said no chance. Was that deal going over 100 million? Uh, they were being, you know, no chance, unrealistic. Uh, they would be lucky to get, I think we said 80 would be a big push. Then they went and done it. So you have to say, well, hats off to them. I think the, the conference, the Europa Conference League, will have boosted it a bit and probably fluffed the price. A fair bit, but I mean, they've signed Havertz. I would question mark that one. On top of that, I think Timber's a good signing. Uh, it's two hundred. I think I worked out the day about two hundred and ten million spent. That's a lot of bank. Uh, is it a league winning? Is it enough to push for that league one? Again, I'd put a question mark because although they have strengthened its good players in, I still don't see it being as a caliber as where Man City are going to be. And, and Colin, just on that as well, obviously on Rice, but you know Arsenal's business. Um, do, do, do you agree with that point with Johnny there? Do you, do you see them challenging Man City and, and toppling Man City with them signings? What, what's your thoughts on their their summer business so far? Yeah, yeah, I think I've been in the maybe the minority of um, people when it comes to Arsenal. I, I think the Havertz is a good signing. Um, I think. Uh, I, think we, I think I spoke last time on the pod that you can't judge, <laughs> you can't judge too, too much what happens at, at Chelsea when Chelsea are in the state they're in, um, in terms of being a bit of a basket case and just not having any stability. We know Havertz is an absolute talent. I think he's a he's a good signing. Adding Rice onto that just adds another dimension. I think it adds, I think it improves our first eleven, but because they're no, it's not like for like replacement for anybody. It's it's adding depth as well. Um, I think they've made a really, really strong start to the window. And I think I said this the tail end of last year. These type of signings, this type of money, 
that says to your Odegaard, to your Saka's that this is our intentions as a club. We see ourselves at a higher level. This is why you stay here. Because I did worry if Arsenal went and got run-of-the-mill signings, these boys would move on. Uh, I think I think I've seen enough for Arteta um, and this Arsenal squad. If they continue to add depth, then they can challenge us here. Yeah, you know, just just go and Debbie. I was just going to say that I seen I seen a thing earlier that actually really surprised me that now they've spent the money on Declan Rice and Timber. Arsenal under under Arteta have spent five hundred and ninety one million, and 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 you yeah you, you look you think of that and you go what have they actually won? They've I think they've won one FA Cup and they've came second in the league. Now that's not to discredit it, but we were all saying I think Johnny said it like we didn't think Arsenal would get to a hundred million, but. See when they spend six hundred million, the best part of you know for Arteta's time, they're definitely a spending club. Um, you forget that Ben White was a cool fifty million, Ramsdale was probably about 40, 50 million. So they, they do spend money. Um, I think Race will be a good signing for them. Um, the Timber one, I don't see him getting in the starting eleven in front of the defence that they got because Saliba and Gabriel are probably the two standout central defenders. So it's probably more squad depth that they've added there. The Havertz one, like Johnny, I just don't get at all. Um, if you think of Arsenal's traditional midfield, you've potentially going with either Jorginho or Partey in the centre, and Odegaard and Rice. Where's Havertz going? If he's going to be played in midfield, then you're ultimately taking one of them off. I don't. I wouldn't play Habits over Martinelli, and I certainly wouldn't play him over Saka. Based on what you've seen last year with the seven goals he got for Chelsea in all competitions, there's an argument to say you wouldn't play him over Jesus either. So that one is probably the one that will be... Let's see how that goes. Yeah. See, just on that, Jamie, that mm-hmm. you've, you've named four different areas where Habits can go in and challenge. So yeah. there's an argument to say you won't have him there, but He's, he's still in the conversation and back to that depth. The, Martinelli, Saka, Jesus, they're not all going to set the header like for the full season. Havertz, I think, he's a, I think he'll be a cracking sign and I really do because he can slot in in a multitude of different positions. Colin, this is not the bit where we do the crazy predictions for the season. Right? That's 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 in about two episodes we're doing that. You're going to keep that one and bang that one, mate. Burnley for Europe. <laughs> Dice As you say, I like Havertz. I, I wasn't a can on him. I do like Havertz. I think he's a talented lad. Excellent in Germany. And he's went into a Chelsea team that just floundered. And I think for about 90% of the season when he did play, he was played out of position. Um, he was an isolated striker. And I just don't think he's any good at that in the Premier League. But that's where I would say, where does he fit in Arsenal? Mm-hmm. Because I don't think he can work as isolated. If they put him up front with, with Jesus, you've got two players very similar. As in frailty, I mean, and then in the midfield, I don't see a space. But that, but you've all said it there. That's what Arsenal lacked last season was that that you know habits, someone like habits coming mm. in. You know they had a, you know you said there about Timber, they had Rob Rod Holding, uh, Rob Holding uh, coming mm. in for games last season. So that's a massive upgrade. Um, yeah. So yeah, we'll be interesting to see how Arsenal start the season um, and then continue continue with them with them players coming in. But Jamie. You, you touched on it earlier. We'll jump straight onto West Ham because obviously, the hundred million uh, is going to be burning in their pocket, um, and everyone they try to get is going to be another twenty, thirty million is probably going to be slapped on them. Um, and and Joe makes me laugh. They're they're linked with about thirty midfielders um, <laughs> yeah. every day. Um, so I'm not going to ask you sort of 
to everyone, but but who do you see realistic for, for that West Ham team? The, the problem that West Ham have got, in my opinion, is that they've they've still you, you, even if you put race back into that team, they've still got one major issue, and that's scoring goals. They, they they need a solid striker, so you think realistically they'd use their money on getting a good striker that they can bank on playing, staying fit. The challenge that they have is they didn't just lose race; they also lost people like Lanzini. So, so their squad depth is probably going down. So they need to pick up, you know, a few, shall we say, side deals to kind of fill out that squad depth. They've obviously been linked with um, Palinia. Um, I think they lowballed with a 40, 40 million offer. I think based on his season last last year, there's no way he's going for 40 million. So you would probably say that's going to be a chunk for his age. I think it's 25, 26. So that's probably a chunk of the Declan Rice money. So I don't see him getting somebody like that. I think in order to get value for money, and when I say value, 25, 35 million players, they're probably going to have to go abroad. Um, I don't see them getting, you know, they could probably go for like a James Ward-Prowse. That one's kind of went quiet really quick. Um, there was a lot of talk that they might be in for McTominay. They could probably do a 20, 25 million deal. But based on what will come to on Manchester United, probably McTominay goes nowhere. So then you're going, well, who else are they linked with? In the Premier League, there's probably, there's, there's a, I think Arsenal have proven and Liverpool have proven there's a, there's a need for midfielders this season. There's not very many going around in terms of great value. So, yeah, I think they're going to do their shopping abroad. I think they agree. I think there's, there's been, you know, various deals. You know, Alvarez from, from Ajax being one. Uh, Conor Gallagher is the latest one split link, but they are linked with so many. But Johnny, Paulinho then, I uh, want, want to come to him. because I, You know, me, I think me and Jamie sung his praises pretty much every episode last year. You know, I think he's a, he's a fantastic player. Um, I can't blame Fulham at all for slapping down 80 million asking price. He's a full international, Portuguese international. He's uh, played in the Champions League. He was he was excellent for Sporting. He was excellent last season and he's at a good age. So for me, if, if Rice is going for 105, then Polina for me, just, you know, I think I think it's, it's fair game. I think with the, the signings Fulham made at the start of last season, um, the majority has expected them just to yo-yo straight down. So they were refreshing and how well they were. It's sorry how good they were. And a huge part of it was down to obviously Mitro when he was there, um, Pereira and Palinha. The three of them were, were just uh, on a really good level. So do West Ham go for him? Um, I think it depends what we're talking. I think 40 million, you're right. No way. It's never going for that. Something you touched on uh, previously on a pod that if you have a good season or even half a season, you you your sky you know your value is going to rocket hugely. It seems to be in England that it just goes mad. Um, so I mean, eighty, I think it's maybe a wee bit. I, I'm not sure if that's a good price given the modern game and the modern prices. It probably is. Um, but like Jamie said. Do they, would they go and just say, right, we need to replace Rice, let's just put that 80 million and just get the job done? Or do they try and say, try and find somebody a bit cheaper and then get a bit extra squad depth to cover who we've lost for the season ahead? So I, I, don't, I don't It just depends on what they want to do, really. Yes, it's a tough one for Moyes, uh, this transfer window, because the expectations after winning that conference league is going to go through the roof. And it's more than, as, as uh, Jamie said, it's more than one player. They're going to need to go and get Colin going to a you know stand there moving on to another Fulham player Mitrovic. 
heavily linked um, to be going to another one to be going Saudi. I think I'm going to be saying that quite a lot uh, tonight. Um, two bids rejected. He's gone to the, the Fulham owner and, and asked to, to let him go. Um, how much of a blow would that be to, to Fulham if they, if they were to lose Mitrovic? Game changing. It really is game changing for them, Mason. Um, I think you can't blame them. Like, these players are going to, it's not just life changing money, it's like a chance to start a dynasty for their families, the money they're getting. Um, I think the problem Fulham have right now is they struggle for the struggle with Mitrovic, they rely so heavily on them. And I think we all spoke last season when he was out injured or he was out suspended. They didn't have the right cover. They didn't have the right replacement for them. So I think Fulham are in the market for another striker right now without losing him. If they do lose him, you know, you're trying to replace him plus get cover. Um, obviously, they, they'll get heavily compensated for it. But then you fall in the same situation that West Ham are in where you can't really pick up cheap because people know you've got plenty of dollar signs Um like just burning a hole in the back of your pocket. So, uh, yeah, for film state, I'd like to see Mitrovic stay. I don't see it. I think the fact that he's went to the chairman and he's does only so much that he can do once a player's had his heart set and going. Um, so, hopefully, film do the sensible thing and try and get replacements in before they let him go. And maybe, you know, that, that helps them with the bargaining power. Yeah, definitely. Jamie, I, th- I think the. I'm right in saying that the two offers that have been in have been around 30 million. So I think Fulham value him a lot yeah. higher than that. Um, yeah, but... I think I think the first offer was something like 35 million euros and they came back with 45 million euros and I think they were just slapped back straight off the bat. Um, which, to be fair, I think's fair. You know, um, it would probably... For, for, in Colin hit the nail on it, to replace those kind of level of goals um, in any team in the Premier League right now, you're probably talking 40, 50 million. Um, so, um, the I think that cover last year when they when when Mitrovic was injured was um, Solomon and Vinicius. Um, the Vinicius has went back to PSV, and Solomon's moved on to Tottenham. So they're already looking for for, for squad depth again. You know that that I, th- I feel like we're going to be saying that constantly. I just don't see why you would let Mitrovic go. I mean, Fulham hold all the cards. I think he's still got two or three years left in his contract. So um, there's, I think it's two years, sorry. Um, so I'd be very surprised to see him go. Um, he's at a good age to stay in the Premier League as well. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd be disappointed if he left. But they were, I think they were linked with, they've been doing the shopping themselves, aren't they? I think they were linked with Kelvin Bassey today, um, yeah. which could be an interesting one. Johnny, that, that leads us nicely then. We'll, we'll come to that one next in, in Calvin Bassey. I know we had a little bit of a debate on, on the group chat today, but um, I w- I'd be really... 15 million, their bid for him. Um, and I think that's an opening bid, but I'd be really surprised if Ajax were to accept that, considering they paid 20 and, and then obviously add-ons, etc. But um, to take a hit after a year, I know Ajax had a poor season and Bassey was getting a lot of criticism, but as you, as you just said earlier there, um, one good six months, three months in the Premier League uh, where you're, you're outstanding, your value can go through the roof. So I think if if Ajax was, you know, to sell him short, I think they'd, they'd be absolutely gutted that because he's still so young and I, I do think he's suited to, to the Premier League. Yeah, I liked him. I liked him before he made that move. Um, I think there might be a wee bit more going on 
uh, over there just now. Um, there's going to be an upheaval. Going to see a lot of players going. We were discussing that today. Um, Tadic is another one who is pretty much statues outside the ground kind of level and contracts being torn up. So I don't know what the, the plan is or what their end game is. So that was kind of part of my thinking that maybe they're prepared to take a loss. But I would agree from the outside, I would say it would be, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, because there is a there is a prospect there, and you've you that would be a huge it's a huge investment to just say oh we're going to cut short after only twelve well, no even twelve months and we'll take that loss yeah that would be a and unless let's say unless something's happened behind the scenes um I think it's going to need a, a higher bid to to removal yeah especially Colin we we know all about Bassi but he, he's English trained as well. So you know that that's that's a, that's a big thing for for English clubs to get that you know as as you've seen them using goalkeepers that are forty years old to tick a box. So um, yeah, just just on Bassi, you know, obviously as Rangers supporters, we want to try and get as much money as we can so we get a decent decent profit. But yeah, how, how do you see him if he was to go and make that move into the Premier League? How, how you know how do you think he'd do that? I think it's a good move for no parties. I know Brighton but linked to him as well as as well as Fulham. And I think Calvin Bassey, fair play, I'm always like when British youngsters try and go abroad and particularly Scottish players, I know this is English Premier but I really like it when Scottish players take that punt and that's we go and learn to play football Wednesday they the hammer throw and we get up here. Um so credit credit to with Calvin Bassey's went to one of the like one of the, the top clubs in, in Europe historically. Um, I think he has struggled over in Ajax, but it doesn't take away the potential he has. There's still Gavin Bass, he can develop in a, a terrific player. Probably Ajax right now, we know that's not going to be the club to do that. I think he's probably more suited to the British style, whereas maybe it is typically more bit physical, a bit athletic, because he's got a lot of work to do on the ball, and we've seen that when he left Rangers. So I can see the value for him coming to Britain, and I think he does take a few boxes for him. Maybe the likes of Fulham, you know, he, you know, he will add depth in mm. a couple of positions. I think £15 million is probably about fair right now. Um, take my Rangers hat off. I think it is. He's, his value has came down a wee bit, because he's not had the greatest of seasons. Still a lot of money. Um, I find out what's happening in Ajax, Johnny touched on it, going through a little bit of upheaval, they've got a new manager in. They they had a terrible season last year. I mean, like to come second is blasphemy for them, never mind third, and I think they lost the by about twenty odd points. It's a lot of unrest there right now. They're very much seen right or wrongly, they very much see Calvin Bassey as not of the right calibre. Um so I think they would be willing to um cut the losses. Also there'll be a deal with them that um, I actually get X amount of the money back should he move on from Phil Brain. But I think it makes sense for all parties. It definitely be one to watch in um in the in the next few weeks and I and, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see Bassey back in in England. Jamie, um probably gonna spend a little bit of time now talking about your favourite club, uh, Man United, because uh, after, <laughs> after uh, after a slow start to the transfer window we're bringing in Mason Mount there um, looks like, you know, the time we're recording, uh, it's not been announced yet, but I'd expect it to be Unana from Inter Milan, uh, mm-hmm. goalkeeper. Um, I believe it's about 45 million. Um, yeah. What's your thoughts on him? Is that a good David De Gea replacement? 
Um, I mean, the one thing about Anana that I remember when he was at Ajax and from what I've seen in Inter Milan, he can be pretty erratic. And what I mean is like, comes wildly for balls that he shouldn't be, or he, he takes chances whilst on the ball. Is that arguably better than what David De Gea did? <laughs> I kind of feel as though it's probably a like for like, and I probably feel as though I'm doing him a bit of injustice because obviously it's a fresh goalkeeper. He'll be out there to make a point. Um, he'll be on far less than what David De Gea was, you know, which is obviously the, the whole point to it. Um, the, the, the one thing I would, the, if I'm going to try and level any kind of criticism on it, it's taken a long time for the to get over the line. Do you know what I mean? Like preseason's already started and they don't have a number one goalkeeper. As you said, he's not even been announced yet. And I know that'll be down to negotiating tactics, but it seems like they were arguing over four million pound over the space of two weeks. When you think like this is the Champions League final, he's goalkeeper. Why, why are you haggling with four pound and royalties? Um, so I, I think it'll be fresh for them. It'll be good that they've got it over the line. Um, do I, does he improve them? I mean, I don't think the keeper was the worst player on the pitch last season. I think he just contributed to what they were, you know, some of the players that are still there. I think arguably they've got worse players still in the in the starting eleven. Definitely, Johnny. Um, just just on that, then. Oh, they've also been linked with Rasmus Hoyland, um, <laughs> uh, Baby Harland, um, better known as um, eighty eighty-five million. Uh, they they want for him. Um, he looks a good player. I watched him for Denmark quite recently and uh, he scored a hat-trick. And uh, I can see why the Baby Highland uh, shouts are there. But, um, yeah, I just, I don't, I'm just not sure if I can see sort of that, you know, Atlanta getting that, that kind of money yet. Um, but, you know, as I said, I've been shocked already with some of the prices that players are going for. So, you, you never know. What's your thoughts on, on that one? Um, firstly, quickly on, on Anna. Um, obviously, worked under... Ten Hag at Ajax before he moved, um, and Jamie's right. He does have an erratic side to him, almost the, the the sweeper keeper mentality, but he is getting better at it. Especially last season, he was much more comfortable with it. He, I think for what well, I think it said it was forty-seven million. I think that's a great signer for Man United. I really do. I think forty-seven million for a solid keeper, to me, is peanuts. I would rather spend more than that on a keeper than go and spend hundred and ten million on a defensive midfielder because it's integral it's huge i mean when De Gea was in his prime he was winning points every week for them yeah, i mean that was massive so i think we downplay you know the importance of keeper sometimes and especially the value so yeah i think that's a good addition for him i think that one will come good the the hoyland transfer yeah the fees uh, it's comical it is comical he's played i think it's 16 games something like that it's, it's only played it's an eight, eight games and then another eight games, and a lot of them are for the bench. Um, or is it eight, maybe maybe more games than that? Sorry, eight goals. Sorry, I apologize. Eight goals. He's got eight goals in his career. Yeah, yeah eight <laughs> goals. And he obviously had that brilliant. little run. Looked um, good one for the for international and definitely promise. Powerful. Uh, I actually watched some highlight right reels of him today and very, very comfortable on the ball uh, for a big lad. But yeah, that fees obscene. If they go and play, pay that, then I've lost all faith in football. <laughs> it's going to happen, Johnny. It's going to happen. 
Blake, you could go and play 60 million for Mitrovich. And we just talked about, like, in terms of, like, guaranteeing goals, it's probably just, like, up until three weeks ago, nobody knew anything about this boy Hoyland. And now it's 85 million. That's mad. I just feel like football's following the trend at the minute, though, and everyone's trying to find the next, you know, they're trying to, yeah, that's <laughs> it. That's it. Or, you know, just trying to trying to get someone when sometimes, as you just said there, Mitrovic, Tony, obviously, before the ban, but someone that's staring you in the face in your own mm-hmm. league. Um, you know, and we talk about West Ham there, and you said, Jamie, you know, someone that guarantees goal. Well, West Ham thought they'd done that with Skamaka and the money they spent on him. So it's, it is, it is, I can understand it, you know, to to, to, to degree. But Colin, just, just on them two transfers, um, you know, on and on, on, and the boys have spoke about him there. I'm not sure if I agree with Johnny there. I, I think he's got a mistake in him and on, to be honest, uh, especially with a with ball at his feet. He, he is, you know, he's, he's better at his feet than De Gea, don't get me wrong, but... Still not convinced, um, but it'll be, you know, it'll be an interesting one. And, you know, to be fair to Ten Hag, so far, he, he's signings, um, a, a, you know, 90% of them, you say, that, that, that he's got right. I'm probably in Johnny's camp here, where I, I think he would be a good signing. Um, I think Jamie's right, where the hair was near the worst issue man you had. But I think the hair is... It is time for him to move on. If you think about the wages, his presence at the club as well, and you're trying to almost, you know, continue building the new, um, the new man you because we're only now starting to see the remnants of Fergie really like move on. Um, in terms of like they've stopped looking back, so when they started to accept where they are, they're starting to build forward. I think it's time to move on to here. Um, Onana, I get what you're saying about. The odd mistake here and there with the sweeper keeper. Having said that, look at the way football's going. Um, your your goalkeeper in the top weeks, it's a it's, it's a sweeper. That's how we're playing. That's how, and I think there's more and more teams where you don't utilize the goalkeeper with the ball with their feet. You're you're missing out. I mean, Man City do it so well. So they love people actually. But if you don't have that, especially in Europe at the top level, it. Teams are struggling to struggling with the press if they're not using their, their keeper more and more. Um, so I think it does make sense. In terms of, I don't think he's going to be any worse than what the hair has been. I think he's a good signing. Um, build for the back makes sense. Yeah, and, and just talking about you know Fergie there, it feels like Ferguson's back there because uh, Jamie Johnny Evans has returned mm-hmm. to, to Man United. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just on that David De Gea was actually the last signing by Fergie still at the club so that, that, that's an end of an era now but yeah Johnny Johnny Evans obviously didn't want that era to finish so he's back at the club and, and this is absolutely mental because from what I understand they've offered him a temporary contract but it's only for the pre-season they don't have enough central defenders to cover the pre-season that's why they brought him in but apparently he's going to be playing the pre-season games and potentially getting coaching with the, the the young lads that are obviously on tour. I don't think I've ever heard of anybody being brought in for preseason before. That's comical in itself. I mean, it's good for Johnny Evans. He's, I mean, he's obviously getting, he's obviously getting a bit, of, a bit of word for it. He won't, but you know, I, for a club like Man United, it just sounds absolutely comical that they're actually relying on that. Um, there's an argument to say that they're trying to shift so many central defenders as well. So I think Eric Bailly is on his way out. Um, it looks likely trying to get rid of Harry Maguire. Um, and 
you know, they, they, they probably need Evans in as a as a quick, you know, fifth choice defender or something. Um, but even then, they're probably still going to play Luke Short ahead of him. So no idea what he's there for, apart from just kick a ball about in the States with them while on preseason. Um, but he played today. Um, so he's got a win under his belt. Well done. <laughs> just, just on that, Jamie, as well, I'm not sure if you see it, but did you see the when Everton uh, posted their training session? Training, um, yeah, he was in training uh, with them, wasn't he? And, and they said, uh, they said, Johnny Evans is here. Yeah. Yeah, or Johnny Evans, he's said, or something like that, and it was. Like, oh, I, think, I think, I think it was a photo of um, actually Young training, but in the background there was Johnny Evans, and I think the fans cottoned on quickly to it and thought that they were going to announce a Johnny Evans signing and went to social media and absolutely lamb blasted it, and then all of a sudden he pops up at Man U. Like I don't know what's worse. So, yeah, <laughs> it was a bit of fun. Definitely the strangest uh, signing of the window so far, but. But Johnny, um, moving it on, and it, this one's going to roll on, I think, through the whole window again. Um, we've spoken about it already, but it is, it is still going around. Harry Kane, um, and, and the only club really that looks like he could potentially go to would be Bayern Munich. Um, just a point on that, I've seen a lot of stuff about why would he want to go to Bayern Munich. I can't understand it, and I can't understand why you wouldn't want to go to Bayern Munich, to be honest. Win a trophy? Win trophy. Yeah, that's it. You know, one of the biggest clubs in the world. Um, and 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 I'm going to ask all of you this question. Uh, you know, when when I come round, Johnny, I'll start with you to add on to that. What would you rather? Would you rather stay in the Premier League and break Alan Shearer's record, or would you prefer to go to Bayern Munich at this stage, win a couple of trophies? You know, which they will do, league titles, cups, and have a crack at winning the Champions League. What, what, what's your uh, thoughts on that one? Uh, if it if it's me, I mean, granted, I'm not English, but say let's say it's Scottish for the for, just for um a bit of substance. I would say bollocks to the record, and I would be <laughs> taking my career to the next level. I know the I know the record's big, right? It's big to these players, especially if it's in their home nation. I do get that, but I think if he stays there, he's not winning anything, and by the time. His time's going to pass, he's going to run out of time, and he's just going to be stagnant, he's stuck there. And I feel like he's a bit stuck there right now. I mean, he should have been away a couple of seasons ago. But go there, I mean, granted, majority is going to be domestic, but you've got a decent chance at the Champions League too. Um, they've got excellent form in Europe. Uh, so, yeah, I think it'd be madness not to go. If they confront the fee, that's where I would question mark, because I don't, Bayern don't pay those kind of fees. Not saying they won't, but I would be surprised. That that's the issue, John, isn't it? That that's the issue at the minute. It's it's I, I said the same. I don't see him putting up the fee. There's been rumours today that that Kimmich uh, could potentially be leaving. You've got Gorzeker as well, another one that could go. I think they've they've up the what you know, the asking price for Mane. If if you see maybe two out of them three leave, maybe, but then you, you come back to it. Harry Kane's thirty in, in next week, I think. So uh Colin, what's your thoughts on on this one? Um to be honest, I personally think it'll, it'll end up staying at Spurs. I think the listeners will be sick of hearing me say my thoughts on Harry Kane um, when my running battle with Graham Campbell. Um, <laughs> oh, he's, if you're chasing a, a goal-scoring record, these are going to be a pop quiz question. You play football to win trophies. Um, you do, and like... I really like Harry Kane. I just want to get that out there. I really like him as a player and we'll bash him every time this conversation comes up. Um, it's not all his fault, but 
I, I don't see Bayern Munich paying that money for him. I don't see Barcelona paying that amount of money for a 30-year-old, particularly with the whole court case of, um, you know, how they're, you know, how they're um, playing with Bounce the audits, where they're uh, balancing the books, um, something a little bit dodgy in there. Um, it only really would be Manu, I think, would be wild enough to spend that money on a 30-year-old. Um, or somebody that side of 30, I should say. Um, but my heart's saying that, my gut's saying sorry that he stays at Spurs, uh, but I would like him to see, I would like to see him go somewhere and win a, win a trophy. Yeah, spot on. Um, Jamie, before we, we come on to the, the next talking point, just just quickly sum up, you know, what's your thoughts on, on that? Uh, do you agree with the boys as well? So, let me, I don't know the exact numbers, but let me put it this way. Everybody bangs on about Alan Shearer's Premier League record. Alan Shearer's record's nothing compared to people like Ian Rush that, that, that had the old division. Nobody ever talks about those records. With the way football's going now, you wouldn't be surprised if a new tournament was to pop up, Saudi-funded, everything else. Premier League's fucking gone. Nobody's talking about the pub quiz of Harry Kane and how many goals he got. And for me, and that's probably the way I justify it, he should 100% jump to a potential title-winning team, be it Bayern. He's a Arguably the perfect replacement for a Lewandowski that they have that they've not had. Um, they're still playing with Chupa Moting up front, who was at Stoke not so long ago. Um, I think Harry Kane would be absolutely dynamo for for a team like Bayern. Um, I mean, arguably the reason why they would win a Champions League again, if you think about you know the way that they set up their goals with the two high wingers looking for a number nine. It's just whether he goes now or whether he goes next year, I think is probably going to be the rationale. I think if 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 he goes next year, I think there's an argument to say that he'll end up at Manu. Because I think Manu would steal, you know, because then he will be in the territory of getting the record and that any potential get a record potential of getting a cup with Manu or a trophy with Manu. If he goes now, it's Bayern. If he goes in a year's time when it's free, it's more than likely going to be Manu. Yeah. No, definitely agree agree with that, Johnny. We'll move it on then, and and uh, you know again, I'll come to you all all on this. I think there's a wider talking point on, on the next couple, you know, couple of topic, topics. It's going to be, you know, Saudi. I think originally we thought it'd be one or two players at the end of their careers going to to, to Saudi, but today there's been further development. Uh, first and foremost, we'll go to Liverpool. Jordan Henderson looks set it, again. He's 32, so maybe you could say he's one that, that's coming towards the end. But also Fabino as well, Fabino. So, what what's your thoughts on them two? Both of them leaving Liverpool. I think that's quite a big blow to, to Liverpool to lose to lose both. Um, considering they need to strengthen that midfield um, even further. Um, so, what's your thoughts on on them two potentially leaving to go to, to Saudi? Sorry, I'm just looking at Jamie's window. I'm waiting for a reaction. I'm, I'm trying not no. to look because I don't no. want to look at the eye while you talk about this. <laughs> 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 Sorry, still upset. I've been waiting all day for this moment on the pod. Awesome. Come to me first. Uh, the the Saudi thing, uh, it's not going away, is it? You have this consortium who own four or five clubs and these links to England who have basically endless money. We're talking oil money. It's chunk change to them. They can do as they please. Right now, they're being quite careful with it. They're only really going for players, not all, but the majority are ones that teams can afford to let go. And not every case, but a lot of them. So you, you, 
players maybe at the back end, a wee bit older, or not playing every game. So those, those are the ones they seem to be targeting. The Fabinho one surprised me because he's integral to Liverpool. I think Liverpool can afford to lose Henderson. Um, I don't think he's... His best years are past him. I think he's a great leader um, and a good captain. But if they want to keep pushing back towards the title, I think I don't think Henderson does that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So, yeah, I think they can afford to let him go. And if they're getting $12 million in return, given the age, I don't think that's awful. But Fabinho, that would be a kick in the teeth and a loss to Liverpool. Um, I'm trying to remember who the cover is for Fabinho, if he did go. No, it's not. It's escaped me. But, I mean, that's something they would probably need to, to strengthen. But, yeah, it's a wee bit... I think it brings it into balance a wee bit with what the Saudis are doing because, with no disrespect, English football has done it for as long as I can remember. They've decimated other teams, they've took teams for players for peanuts. Um, all the bigger leagues do it, but now there's a new player, and that's why we're seeing all this outcry, and it's so much, you know, it's pot kettle, a huge case of it. Absolutely agree, Johnny. I, I had this conversation yesterday with a few, a few friends um, and, you know, I think it's easier for us probably to say it, supporting a team that doesn't play in the Premier League, but they have done this to the rest of Europe for 10, 15 years now uh, with ease. So, as you said, it's, you know, what goes around comes around. I think that's that's a case of it now. Uh, Colin, what, what's your thoughts on, on, on the moves? There's another move I'll come to in a minute, but obviously Liverpool as well, um, because... For me, I still I, I think if them two go, I, I think they need three, three centre midfielders. Um, if they want to challenge Man City anyway, but I, I don't think they'll get all three. It's a shame, um, and I'm not just trying to like um, side with Jamie here because he's sitting there fizzing that we're talking about Liverpool and the players, and we're slagging his precious English football. Um, that Liverpool like, with a boy whose name I <laughs> struggle to pronounce Sober mm. Sober Sly, whatever his name is, the boy to Leipzig. Half an hour the car he was doing that on Saturday. Sober Drowning in my own saliva trying to get a question out. Um, him and Alexi McAllister such a good start to the window and you know actually adding that wee bit of flair and depth and when we talk about the front six that Liverpool are going to shape up with really, really exciting. This does put them back two or three steps. I think it does. Um, 
I, I think you can afford to lose Henderson or Fabinho. You can afford to lose both of them because you're, you're right. We you already needed depth there. You probably arguably needed some some a wee bit fresh to go in there. Um, I don't know how they how they replace two or three then um, the, the positions after already spending up a hundred and ten million euro. Um, what I think would have been really good if you kept a Fabinho and you maybe brought somebody in the you know, in the age range of 20, 25, somebody who has got a lot of first-team football ready to make the next step up. Clock's been very, very good at that, and I actually think we're going to see that with these two signings that he's made. Um, but I don't know how... I I just don't really know who you, who you, who you go and get. I don't know who they target for the right money. Yeah, no, that, that's going to be the, the problem. I think you make a good point. I said three a minute ago, that is too many, but I, I think definitely two. If you look at it, uh, Milner's gone. Chain, you know, he wasn't fit a lot, but Chamberlain's gone. Um, you've got uh, Curtis Jones, obviously, can play in there for uh, Thiago, but he's he's injury prone. Jamie, sum, sum this up for us. What, what if, 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 if this does happen and, and Henderson and Fabinho go, what, where the Liverpool sort of turn to next to, to get that midfield back on track? So, first, firstly, they're gone. The two of them are gone. Um, <clears throat> Henderson, completely understand. There's an old political agenda and a political conversation we can have about this, but if you look at it from a player point of view, he's 32 years old. Um, <clears throat> the initial 700 grand a week reports is absolute codswallop. Um, it's actually double his wages. And I, know that's, I say actually, it's, he's 190 grand a week at Liverpool and the, he's double his wages. The bit that people are not getting about Saudi is that if they're there for two years, it's tax-free. In England and Scotland and UK, they pay 40% tax because they're on higher earners. They lose half of the wage. And that's not to say crime violence or anything, but when you're talking about the astronomical, astronomical money, that's what it is. It's because it's tax-free uh, if they're there for two years. So the talk is, is that he signed a three-year contract. He's going to go play for Steven Gerrard, who's going to make him his, obviously, his ultimate. Um, the, the, the funny thing is, is that Steven Gerrard's team is probably the only team in the league that's not funded by the Saudi government. So we've got to scrimp and scape to get 12 million out of them, whereas everybody else is getting you know loads of money. The Fabinho one, there was the one that's come out of nowhere. I think, you know, Henderson was sat down and had a conversation about realistically what his playing time is like. And I think Klopp was open and honest with him and said, you're realistically not going to play as many. You're probably going to be my, my next Jamie Milner in terms of game time, how you come on as opposed to starting it. And I think that'd be fair to say, because he's 32. He, he, he struggles to play more than two games in a week because of his back injuries. So accepting Henderson goes is, is, is a no-brainer for me. The Fabinho one, though, I think is the one that came out of nowhere. Um, people forget five years ago we paid forty million for Fabinho, and we've got an offer for forty million to take him back to take him off our hands again. He's he's pretty much led that. Fabinho's pretty much led that charge. He's asked to go, um, so I think Liverpool have decided that he can be part of the revolution that that is happening with the midfield at the moment. Um, and I think you know, whilst we say we lost so many midfielders, you're hundred percent right. But actually people forget what we do have available at the moment. So at the moment you've got the likes of Tiago, you've got the young lad who was brilliant last season, Biatic, who's a defensive midfielder. He'll be coming back into the team. You've got Harvey Elliott that can play in midfield. We've just picked up Alexis McAllister for Peanuts and, and Zobersly, who looks absolutely top notch. I do agree here though we do need at least one more midfielder. And I say one more midfielder is because I fully believe that Liverpool will use Trent in the midfield. They did it again tonight in the preseason against Colstrew. So that's the last two months of last season, the two England games, 
and the preseason that we've already seen Trent playing as this hybrid role. Whereas when we've got the ball, Trent moves into the midfield and starts to play the Xabi Alonso passes, as I call it, and Kanati moves over and we go back to a three. When we lose possession, can, Trent comes back over and covers and we switch to a four at the back. I think Klopp's going to persist with that going forward based on the fact that if we bring in a right-back cover, that's going to be far cheaper than bringing in a, a second uh, midfielder. Um, there was talk. It has it has went quiet the last couple of days, but there was talk on Monday that apparently we were talking with Benjamin Pavard's agent, which is the the cracking French 27-year-old right-back at Bayern Munich, who's apparently not wanted there anymore. I would bite your hand off at taking somebody like him and moving Trent in midfield. I think that'd be a cracking you know, alternative to what we're talking about. That leaves the one position, the one bring in for a midfield position. And I think it's kind of opposite that what West Ham have got. People know that Liverpool need a midfielder, so they're chumping up their, the values. So we've inquired, I think there was the Black Lad Coney moved Borussia Mönchengladbach. There was the Lillian Taramsboy at Nice, uh, Roman Lavia at Southampton, um, and recently was Czech Dakota at, um, at Palace. Apparently, Palace went 70 million for him, um, and all the other ones are roughly 50 million. I think Liverpool are going to try and do a 35 to 45 million deal on bringing in another midfielder. Um, worst case scenario, that'll be good until the window in winter. If we need more cover, I think they'll have money to go out and, and get it. So I fully anticipate we'll probably bring in a midfielder and another defender um, to try and move, try and accommodate moving Trent into midfield. Um, I think that'll be the big change. Um, but absolutely buzzing that we've got McAllister and Sobs lie on books because even tonight, them two look, they, they look really, really good on the ball. Totally different to how our midfield normally plays. Very attacking, very forward thinking. That's it. For Liverpool, that, was a, that was a quick vision. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it though, isn't it? That's going to be the, the interesting one you, you said there about Sabine. You're going to try and pronounce his name there, but um, him and McAllister are playing that further up and it's going to be mm -hmm. really, really attacking. Um, so, yeah, it could be could be an interesting one for, for Liverpool. Uh, Johnny, just on another move that, that looks like it's advancing today is Mahrez uh, to be leaving Man City to, to also go to, to Saudi. Um, a little bit surprised with this one. There's, there was a lot of noise about Bernardo, Sil uh, Bernardo Silva potentially leaving as well to go to, to, go to there, but that's gone quiet. Um, but I think Mar losing Mahrez uh, is a blow to City. He's an he's a, he's a excellent player. Back to where we were. Um... Money talks. I would agree. I think uh, it's surprising. That, uh, we don't know how much fight they're, they're putting up to get you know keep them there. Uh, do they want on there? Uh, Pep works in mysterious ways. Uh, last season we had Mares and Gundogan. Both of them were huge towards that treble push, especially at the back end of the season. Um, I know Mares is probably a little bit more bit part than Gundogan is, but even then he's so effective off the bench. Um, you can change a game and you get your goal from anything. So, yeah, I think that's two huge losses for for Man City. And I know they have a hell of a lot of depth, but I think they're thin in it compared to what we're used to. I mean, we spoke about it last year many times how ridiculous the bench could be. And we still really wouldn't see a difference on the pitch. I think those are the kind of players that can make a difference. So... It's going to depend on what they bring in, who they bring in, if they both, sorry, if Mari's goes. Yeah, stay, staying with, with Man City, Colin, um, Laporte could be off if, if 
Guardiola arrives. That deal looks like, again, it is picked up today. Uh, Carl Walker could be potentially leaving as well to go to to Bayern Munich, which Jamie just said there. That might open up the door for Pavard to leave. But, you know, Man City um, losing a few key, key players there. Johnny just alluded to it. Um, Pep does work in, in, in mysterious ways. And nine times out of ten, he, he seems to, to get it right. Never mind Man City. RB Leipzig have absolutely been ripped apart this year and then they continue. Uh, it's just an absolute fire sale, man. Um, it's an interesting one, um, Vario. Um, 21-year-old, good age. Um, with what the other end of the, uh, the, the his 20s, you know, that's, I can see them being a light-for-light replacement as well. Um I, I, I don't know. I, I said a couple of weeks ago, if MD can afford to lose some of their key players, it's Man City. They grow that much depth. But I don't know how much Pep can take the piss with that. Um, you know, I talk about um, Mares, Grindelgan, um, Laporte, potentially Kyle Walker. Like, one or two, I, I think they can maybe get away with. But even if Vardio does, for example, come in and he ends up being a a decent replacement, it's still got to take time to gel. And I think with the, the challenges that are got to come this year, potentially from Arsenal, um, if Liverpool do get signings in as well, I think Man City are looking quite strong. The start of this season could be could be huge. Man City, you know they'll eventually go the distance, but it could become made that if, if they are bringing a lot of players in and they, they need to gel, then that first couple of months, especially with Champions League football in September as well, that might be the... That's probably my only concern with them. Um, you know they're going to have a, a dynamite last six months and just probably get the maximum points. It's just between now and, and January. Yeah, again, that is a, a, another one to, to keep an eye on at, at Man City. But just, Jamie, just, just quickly then, a couple more things, but we've got to talk about this one. We weren't going to not talk about it. It's Chelsea. Um, had a look at their squad yesterday for their pre-season tour and <laughs> only see two midfielders and a lot of youngsters and and it to me i've got to be honest that squad right now looks like a bang average premier league squad and, and that's yeah. being, uh, being it, it, it's 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 kind of like I, i'm going to put city and chelsea and manu in this very very similar bracket right now where you know that they need to go out and buy players like we just talked about city for example johnny net the nail on the head they've lost two key players but they've not just lost two key players they've lost about probably about 25 league goals between them that's a big chunk to take out of Man City. Chelsea right now are still hunting for a number nine. They brought it in Cuckoo. They've lost Mason Mount. So you're talking in Cuckoo and um, Sterling on the wings. They still need a number nine. I don't think it's Brozier. I don't think he's the answer. You've got a midfield that is Enzo Fernandez, um, Conor Gallagher, and... Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? It's 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 when you look at them and you go, surely Chelsea are still looking to bring in, you know. I know there's a talk about Moises Casado, but he's a defensive midfielder. Like he's not adding goals to that team, in my opinion. So they must be still looking to go out and get a striker or you know somebody that can do that turn for them. Um, all I got put on the chat the other day as well that that's Reese James out for the beginning of the season as well. So again, he's you know he was signaled last year. It's such a shame as well because he's dynamic. His, his attacking presence from a right back is is you know only Trent really gets that kind of that kind of praise when he's on when when. 
James is on fire, but he's got to be out again by the looks of it. Um, there's still there's still talk about who they're actually going to have at the back because you've just seen as well Wesley Fafana's done his ACL. So straight away, um, there was talk about Chilwell, uh, not Chilwell, sorry, there was talk about Levi Colwell apparently being tapped up by Liverpool and Brighton. There's absolutely no way they're letting him go now. You know, not with Fafana. So they've now got to spend a season and try and try and get England's best under twenty one defender to try and sign a new contract, or else they're gonna go shopping again. Like it just seems as though they're just they're gonna to have to keep printing money. Realistically, based on the positions that they need to adapt to, striker, midfield, defender, you're probably talking about two hundred mil. That that seems mad considering you just spent six hundred mil. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Um, and I know some of that will be funded by people getting let go. And I think one of them we seen the other day was they turned down an offer from Fulham for Calvin uh, Hudson Odoi. You know what a fall from grace from him. He was a fifty million rated Bayern Munich player at one point. Um, I just I just think that. Man, you have still got to go out and spend big money on getting goals in. City are probably going to do something in terms of replacing goals. Chelsea are miles behind the two of them in terms of replacing. Johnny, Johnny, I know this is your <clears throat> specialised uh, subject, this one, but where, where did Chelsea sort of turn to here? Because I said, you've obviously seen that squad as well. And uh, Colwell, I really like the look of him. I think he's one that Chelsea do need to tie down. I think it might be a little bit of a, I don't want to say blessing, because Fafana's injury is, is a big blow, but I think Colwell will play a lot for Chelsea next season. But just as I said, that midfield... You know, even Conor Gallagher, we've said many a times, we're not sure if he's good enough. How many how many players do you think Chelsea need to bring in realistically from now till to the end of the window? Oh, I, I don't think they can bring in too many, Mason. Um, because the problem has been for, well, seasons now, especially last season, by the depth. Uh, stupid depth. Uh, you know, it was and so many players that were never going to get anywhere near that team. Training with the first team, weren't playing in youth setups, anything like that. They were just hanging around. Um, and then you've got so many other players who were, were just shocking bits of business on huge wages who were still there. Um, case in point, Boomerang, Aubameyang, uh, looking like he's away. And that's probably the best bit of business they've done. The wage must be huge. Uh, I know it's only a free, but I would drive him for free. Um, there is quite a lot of there is issues, there is red flags they do need some, they do need to strengthen a bit, I know we had the financial fair play was a problem, hence the fire sale, and I mean there's a couple of players there I would have liked to have seen stay, but I mean they've done good business, they've brought good banking, I mean I think we're over 200 million now, and that's not including the undisclosed fees, there was like two or three, I think it was the Saudi ones, we don't know what they went for um, so it's not bad business for them. Uh, so what they can actually spend, I don't know. But listen, they need a striker. First and foremost, they need a striker badly. Lukaku, he's not interested in there. Hopefully they can get the deal done with Inter. So he, if he wants to be there, he can go there and get some more bank. But yeah, they need a striker badly. And I, I wouldn't. I don't think another um, decent central midfielder would hurt either. I think the James thing's awful. I feel really bad for James. It just seems to be plastic. Um, such a talented footballer, but they can't rely on him. He's just not reliable. So, yeah. Johnny, do you think do you think they'll go out and buy a striker, or do you think? Because you, obviously we're talking about Sterling, 
and in Kunku, you still got Mudrik. You know, eighty million on a player on another winger, and it's like I can't, I can't help but think that they're going to play in Kunku up front and Sterling and Mudrik on the wings, and, and just try and blitz them. Yeah, maybe, maybe I, I still think that the signings they made last year, especially your your uh, Fernandez and your Mudrik, I think they've come good. I think the yeah. young lads, uh, the huge prospects and talent, they just need time to bed in, and they never Mudrik never got a chance. I don't even think he got a run of two games. Um, Fernandez did, but it, it was playing in that just a, the team is a mess, so it's so hard to judge a single player. It's a bit like Gallagher. I always liked Conor Gallagher, but last season he looked like he was completely lost. Um, but I don't know if it would be a bit harsh to sell him out, given how bad the rest of them were. Uh, so yeah, I still think they need a, I still think they need a striker, Jamie. Um, yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if they do what you're saying and go away because then Cuckoo can play there. But then yeah. I think if you do that, you go back to where you were last season. Yeah, you you've got, got another out of yeah. position. <laughs> yeah, so I think yeah. that would be a huge gamble for me. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it's you know Potch has got an awful big job on his hands. He's done well getting so many players out the door, but now's the a bit where he needs to, to bring players in. But Colin, just to sort of round us off for the hour, then the, to, tonight's sort of breaking news is that Harvey Barnes is, um, looks set to be moving to, to Newcastle. Uh, 38, uh, is it 38 million deal, deal's been agreed. I'm a big fan of Harvey Barnes, by the way, and it, sound, it does sound like a lot. But again, you get English tax. Um, he's still a good age, scored 13 goals for Leicester last season. So what's your thoughts on this one uh, to, to Newcastle? Um, I'm with you, I like him as a player, but I don't really see, I don't know if it's the right move for, for Newcastle. With him coming in, I'm going to, I'm going to assume somebody like Allenson matches him and he's going to move on. Um, I think that is rumours anyway. It's, you know, it's a very congested area now with uh, boy Harvey Barnes in the left wing, Anthony Gordon and Allenson matches him, unless the plan is to play Harvey, Bar- Harvey Barnes is the time midfielder. Um I, I I think Newcastle, unless it's just to replace I, I think they could have spent their money better elsewhere. I, I think they're quite light in the number nine. Um I don't know if Carl Wilson's a long term answer. Isaac um, I think we need a bit of depth for him. So I'm quite surprised to spend that money on him as much as I, I like Harvey Barnes but it's particularly when well, they'll be named up here. I was talking to old Eddie Howe on Saturday. <laughs> Massive thank you to um, to Gateshead in Newcastle for letting me and the old Jamie go and cover the game for the best areas. Um, he spoke time and time again about how how strict our budgets are this year with financial fair play. To go and spend the best part of forty million on an area you've, I think you've got covered. I I don't really see the value in it. We obviously see Newcastle and Anthony Gordon look, look really sharp as well. Um, you know, he's a position that play. You know, someone that plays in that position. Jamie, what what's your thoughts on this deal? Are you surprised by it? Because I know you like Barnes, but you, I think you it's a bit, a bit too much money. Yeah, I, th- I think you know if you if you look at it, well, what they're basically saying with that deal is that it's pretty much the same cost as what James Madison was. I think James Madison's ten times the player the Harvey Barnes. I think Harvey Barnes is, and as I don't mean to do him a discredit, I think he's a one-trick pony. He's very, very pacey, and he gets into spaces because of it. 
Newcastle have already got players like that. They've already got Almiron, they've got Isak, you know, they had St. Maximum. Uh, obviously, as Colin alluded to, uh, St. Maximum looks to be going to Saudi um, and probably a lot more injury prone. So I get bringing Harvey Bonds in adds a little bit of depth. But we forget, they're going into the Champions League. And, and you know, and, and me and Colin will tell you, like, with the, the team that we watched at the weekend, I know it was pre-season, we were joking that you you know if if you take Harvey Bonds if Harvey Bonds plays the Premier League for example and he gets injured and he goes into the Champions League, he's back up as Jamal Lewis or you know Jacob Murphy or Matt Ritchie and you think surely not surely not for you know if Newcastle have got this abundancy of money potentially available to them, you know thirty eight million at Harvey Bonds seems a little overpriced, but I could probably do you a half a pot about why I don't think Tonali was a good deal either. But again, that's just you know how they've spent their money. I think there was arguably better options for them to, or better deals for them to be done. Um, you know, as an example, we talked about Laporte. Apparently, he's on the market for thirty million. That would be a cracking deal for them. You know that that kind of a caliber player, you could probably go and pick up a thirty million, play him a handsome, if, you know, a wage, and stick him in the centre of defence alongside Botman. I think that'd be an absolute cracking deal. But again, you know, how spoken Saturday and said that, which was quite surprising. They are very very restricted in terms of what they can spend. That surprised us because we thought, well, the fact that they qualify for the Champions League means that they should have. Oh potential earnings coming in and it works in a three-year cycle so you're talking about the next three years um so i was surprised that they spent so much on tonali and so much because you're talking was that 105 million on harvey bonds and tonali colin said it earlier liverpool paid the same amount for sobers and Alex, alexis McAllister. just to put it in context yeah yeah, no, I do think it's a lot. But uh, I think, again, though, when you get English players involved, you do yeah. tend to pay over the odds. And, uh, Johnny, then just, just to finish us off, as we stay with Newcastle, that deal obviously looks like it's happening. And um, St. Maximan looks like he's going to be heading the other way, you know, the other way going to, to Saudi. Are you surprised by that? Because I think on his day, he's a, he's a very good player, but it just seems like Eddie Howe doesn't, doesn't fancy him. Um, yeah, I think, um, I mean, listen, we we it's hard to argue with Eddie Howe and he's um the way he's going about things because he's done incredibly well. Uh excellent last season, so can't really fault him. I think St. Mark's, I would agree when he's on it, he can be unplayable. Uh, but he's not on it enough. And he's also loved an injury as well. I think both of the factors probably makes Eddie think, well, it's extra money for me to do you know, strength and elsewhere. And like you say, they didn't use them much, so I don't think they're going to lose them. Uh, sorry, it's not going to be a huge loss for them. Yeah, and it, you know, it does look like it's, it, it's that's going to happen as well, but we'll wrap it up there then, gents. That's a, a good uh, over an hour uh, talking transfers, and we could probably talk for another hour on, <laughs> on more deals, which we'll, uh, we'll do in, in the next uh, week or so. So, uh, all to do is, is thank the guest tonight. Start with Colin. Thanks for coming on tonight, mate. Always a pleasure, Mason. Um, thanks, Jamie. Thanks, Johnny. Thank you, listeners. Um, and I'll speak to you again soon. Top man. And, and also thanks, Jamie. Hopefully, we'll have some some better Liverpool news coming for the, the next show. Well, we, we we got a preseason win tonight, so I'm, I'm still on a high from that. I'm happy we won. We won four two. Um, Gakpo um, and Jota doing the deed. So. Uh, 
yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to tonight. It's always good to get a big catch up. So I said, we're probably going to have to do a separate pod on a list of all the players that I've left and went to Saudi and kind of come up with that best 11 that I've left. Um, um, so, yeah, um, I think, we, Colin, I think we spoke earlier as well that we're going to try and do our, um, our version of our... Uh, our calls now, our biggest calls, controversial calls or best calls, and then we'll come back to them at the end of the season and see what they look like. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting some uh, absolute dingers. I'm looking forward to that. That sounds uh, that sounds brilliant. Uh, cutting cutting material for sure. Uh, and lastly, Johnny, thanks for, again for tonight, mate. Again, we you know Chelsea, we might <laughs> we might get some better Chelsea news coming, but uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks for having me. Thank you, gentlemen, and everybody listening. Always a pleasure. Nice one. And, and just to sort of round that off, we do have the fantasy football um, up and running now, which uh, we're all looking forward to. And just just on that, you know, if you go onto the, the Gallant Fuse Twitter, uh, all the details are there for, for, to get you up and running. Um, so make sure you do that. And just, you know, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back soon. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 